Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here today with Allie Lefevre. I'm very excited to have Allie on the podcast today because she's the host of not one but two podcasts, one of which is called Fangasm, which was ranked a top 25 comedy podcast by BuzzFeed. Very cool. And the second is called Brandsplaining, which is for, quote, entrepreneurs who need to be the center of attention, which sounds like all of us. Um, So besides being a podcast master, Allie is the co-founder of Obedient Humor Branding. And in their words, Obedient turns businesses into humor brands, unstoppable, unorthodox, unforgettable machines. Allie, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Nate. It's good to be here. Yeah, really excited. So I wanted to, before I even get into the questions, Allie, your website and social media feeds are so entertaining. And I just want to say that if you are listening to this podcast, you need to go check them out. Um, There's one area in particular where you guys redid uh, slogans and marketing slogans for for companies in a humor fashion, I guess. What did you what did you call that? What was your series on that? Oh, we do like a one-liner challenge or like a slow, we call it a slogan challenge now, but yeah, we take a, we take a brand or a product and we give ourselves 20 minutes to come up with as many rapid fire slogans and taglines as we can, or even just like little one-liners about the business. And then we, we literally time ourselves and boom, click and see how many we can bang out. So it's a really fun opportunity to just like get the creative juices flowing and see get like as many ideas out into the world as we can as, as fast as possible. They're not always great, but sometimes <laughs> there's some gems buried in there. Um, and so, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. So if, if you've not checked out their social media platforms, please do it. Cause they are some of the most entertaining and engaging um, you'll find. It's really fun. So I had to restrain myself from not liking every single thing that I saw relating to that. So anyways, after that being said, tell us about, tell us about you, tell us about your business. Tell us about obedient. Yeah. Yeah. So no, thanks for the great, uh, the great intro. So yeah, I, like you said, I am a co-founder of uh, a humor branding and marketing agency called Obedient. I started it uh, about a little over four years ago with my best friend. I was uh, in branding. I was a brand strategist and I was at one point like a VP of engagement. So developing all the consumer touch points um, between our brand and our consumers. So everything from both the verbal uh, messaging and and how we you know what our personality was like as a brand to the the visual experience and the aesthetic of the brand and 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 ultimately the goal was to try to make consumers uh, know like and trust us and feel a certain way when they interacted with our brand and so what I found in that work and is that you know a lot of businesses or brands are often deploying kind of no personality, no humor, anything in relation to their, to their company. And so their marketing and branding is often very mundane or boring or forgettable or kind of, kind of the same, the sea of sameness that you see everywhere. (laughs) And, um, or you, you know, you see a lot of, um, maybe smarmy tactics being used where people are using like fear or digging into pain points Mm -hmm. in order to, you know, elicit a consumer response. And those are very effective and they work and people are very responsive to fear and very responsive to you preying on their insecurities and inadequacies. (laughs) Um, But those were just games like I didn't want to play. And so, and same with my best friend, who's obviously now my business partner, she was a copywriter and a comedy writer. And we just kept finding that 
when we were um, working with different uh, companies and, and brands, we were deploying humor or fun or playfulness or levity or, or something that just made the consumer feel good. And it, and it worked. And, and we're like, wow, let's build an entire agency around this idea that there's a better way to market and brand your company. And so Obedient was born out of the idea that fun sells. And, and so that's what we specialize in is, is giving personality to a brand and making it sticky and memorable and energizing and entertaining and, and likable. So. That is so interesting. So one of a kind. Are, are there other agencies like you guys? Well, as far as we know, we just trademarked the phrase, the world's first humor marketing agency. And, um, <laughs> and we've, we've done a bunch of digging and we haven't found an agency that specializes in that in particular. So as far as we know, we are the world's uh, first and only. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how long that lasts. But uh, it's been really fun to be a pioneer in the space in that, yeah. in that way. Yeah, that's great. So for business owners who don't know much about branding, obviously not anything about humor branding since you guys are, like you said, pioneers there. But for business owners who don't know anything about branding in general, what can you tell us about the importance of branding in business and, and maybe where business owners need to lean into that a little bit more? Yeah, well, I, I often think that, you know, I look across the entrepreneurial landscape and you often see a lot of businesses who aren't necessarily brands. And I think the difference between the two is a brand is cohesive, it's unique, it's memorable, it's recognizable, it has a personality of its own, it's something that people can point back to and reference, it's something you could see out in the wild and you know that it's part of, you know, that, that social media post belongs to that brand because you see the tie between the two. So it's, it's, this, it's this cohesive, engaging, compelling experience around your business. And so- what we often see is a lot of people who call themselves brands, but haven't taken any of the steps to, to really bring that to fruition. And so, you know, I think the importance of it is kind of for all the things I just mentioned is if you could have a really awesome, sexy, interesting, fascinating, unique concept, but if you don't know how to synthesize it in a way that is distinct or differentiated or memorable or catchy or compelling, then people will ignore you. They will forget you. They will, they will be confused by you. They will not know how to talk about you or, or um, tell their friends about you because good branding does is it distills down your core idea into something really quick, catchy, and compelling and, and something that people can easily and freely tell people about in, in a way that makes sense. So, yeah, so that's, I do think, um, I think branding is often, um, I think it's often misunderstood its role. And I, and I often think that people tend to DIY that part of their, of their business without recognizing just what a value add it is and how important and essential it is to the success and growth of your business. And also how not having a, a, a well-developed brand could really do more harm than good if people get lost or confused or, or misunderstand who you are and what you stand for. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, as a, as a business owner who knows nothing about branding, uh, I can see how, how so many business owners are, you know, confused. Like, what, what, what do I even need to do to make a brand? How do I do that? Is it just posted on social media? You know, so that's some helpful insight there. So I'm sure you have a lot of different examples of, of great work you guys have done. Could you share just, you know, one or two of, of your favorites for, um, you know, some humor that you were able to inject into a brand? Yeah. Um, one that I, 
uh, well, I can share two, two different ones that are very radically different. So um, one of our clients is the University of Chicago, and um, one of their big projects is called um, The New Normal. So it was actually branded The New Normal before we hit a pandemic, and The New Normal became a, uh, a phrase that everyone heard everywhere. <laughs> but essentially what The New Normal's aim was is to get people to um, – see health research differently and to get them to feel excited and energized by participating. Now, that's a, that was a big uh, task to really uh, approach because there is a lot of stigma attached to health research. There has been a lot of wrong done to a lot of different people um, on behalf of health research. And mm-hmm. so people are very afraid of it. They're confused by it. They don't understand what it means. Um, they so there's a lot of like misunderstanding because there's, there's, again, it's, it's riddled the, the history of it has been riddled with a lot of, um, you know, potentially some problems over the years. <laughs> so ultimately what we had to do is both, um, truthfully and honestly, like acknowledge people's experience while also adding levity to it and, and making it feel like something that they felt a little bit safer or more comfortable exploring. And so what we wanted to do is take this pretty heavy topic and, and make it, uh, feel lighter for people engaging. And, and so we believe firmly that there, you can make, um, something feel lighthearted without making light of it. And so we developed the whole campaign, everything from naming through taglines, through billboards and, uh, subway ads and social media ads and the whole website experience and kind of that whole jazz to try to help humanize this, um, very, scary, very confusing um, topic for people. What we found and one, you know, it's still going, it's still rolling out. There's a lot, we're still kind of in the thick of all of it, but kind of one of the immediate um, pieces of feedback we received, which I thought was so powerful were from actually um, the beneficiaries of the health research themselves. And so, so the actually people who are, uh, who are, uh, you know, fighting cancer, people who are, um, you know, navigating illness and, and, and navigating a lot of health challenges that they felt like it was the first time that someone had talked about their experience in a way that felt human and it felt mm. approachable and it felt warm and it felt like it felt relatable. And, and they, they were so happy to see this again, often scary thing be talked about in a way that brought people into the fold because people who are, you know, are, are sick and, and um, who are in desperate need of new treatments, like they're looking for people to, to enter this world so that they can receive the help and support they need. And so that was really a beautiful thing that we were able to, you know, to, to work with the University of Chicago to help cultivate. And again, we're still in the thick of it, but that's, that's one maybe unexpected yeah. way that you, hmm. you can take an a, a often, you know, heavy topic and you can really make it again, human and approachable and, and, mm-hmm. and bring some lightheartedness to it in a way that's not disrespectful to the topic at large. Um, and then the second one that I love is again, one of our clients is a company called Conceive and they do fertility consulting and fertility is often, um, it often is a very taboo topic. It's riddled with a lot of shame and discomfort. It can often be something that feels scary and, and, and challenging to navigate. It's, there's not a lot of humor, uh, you know, associated with <laughs> yeah. fertility issues and, and rightfully so. Right. Um, but what we did is we really gave her, um, a, her brand of voice that was again, very approachable, very straightforward, very much a truth teller, very much, um, like kind of a, uh, an older sister vibe. And what I mean by that is like someone you look up to and someone you can go to, cause you know, they're going to guide you in the right way. And, and we used a lot of like 
fun pop culture, zeitgeisty language. And so it's very edgy. It's very direct, but it's also very warm. Like uh, her, for example, her homepage header says, okay, ladies, now let's get in gestation. And, <laughs> and so like, you know, there's a lot of like fun moments like that. But again, like you can couch a really difficult topic in, in language and messaging that makes people able to walk through the door to hear all the smart, mm-hmm. you know, um, powerful things you have to say. So yeah, those are two that like I, mm. I love and I talk about a lot just because they're, again, it's a lot easier to, to brand um, a non-controversial, non-challenging topic, like, you know, uh, skin cream than it is to, to <laughs> right. like, you know, to do something like fertility or yeah. health research. And so it's always fun to talk about those because I think people often don't associate that with like a personality or, or lightness. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is really interesting about what you guys do is when, when I first was looking at your company, when we first talked, I figured humor branding just kind of means, you know, everything turns sarcastic or, you know, you're turning a, a boring subject matter, like accounting into something that people are like, okay, like that's a funny joke. I'll go talk to them. But what you're saying is such, such a huge impact compared to that. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like you said, it's helping someone through a fertility process, which is so difficult or helping someone see through, you know, an illness a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love is, is the good that's able to come from this is huge compared to what I was just initially thinking of. And that's pretty amazing, both for your clients and for everyone your client served as well. So that's really, really cool and hopefully really encouraging to you. I'm sure it is, but that's really great. So thinking about the the business side a little yeah. bit, you said you're in business with your best friend, which mm-hmm. is great, I'm sure, but also sounds like it could be complicated. Tell us a little bit about that. Challenges, good things. What's that been like? Yeah, it's honestly been... Um the greatest joy of my life. I, I, and I mean that sincerely, uh, she, aside from my husband and like my family, she is the person (laughs) I trust most in the world and not just from a, you know, you know, when you're starting a business with someone, you're merging together your, your hopes, your dreams, your career path, your talents, your aspirations, your perspectives. And we are very similar in a lot of ways. And then we're very different in others. And so, um, we thought that we would make good partners because we're, we overlap in our creativity and then we have different skill sets that we bring to the table. And it's been really awesome to watch like over the last four and a half years, us gr- you know, grow our business, grow our partnership, grow our level of trust and dependence on each other. Um, I, I honestly sincerely mean this when I say that you know, in four and a half years, we've may had like, maybe had like one disagreement and wow. that was resolved within an hour and a half. I mean, hmm. I think we're two people that are, uh, I think in order to be good at humor and comedy, you have to be a truth teller. And I think that we're both good at being very honest with each other and good at communicating our needs and our feelings. Um, we spend a lot of time working on ourselves and doing self-development so that we don't bring baggage to a business <laughs> that's meant to be fun and creative mm-hmm. and, and lighthearted. Um, and we have a deep understanding of each other. So we both, um, you know, we've taken a bunch of personality tests and all that jazz to try to right. you know, understand our quirks and our fears and our desires and what matters to us and when we feel off and when we don't so that we can navigate so that that like we can easily navigate that so we can get to the good stuff. And the good stuff is we get to play together. We get to create together. We get to build a legacy together. We get to um, lean into each other. And it's been the honestly the greatest joy. Uh, I probably cry once a week 
ingratitude of going, I, I, I like, I'll tell her, I can't believe I get to do this with you. Like, it's so fun. And, um, and I just share all that because, uh, and, and I know, I know there's not everyone has an easy partnership and I wouldn't say it's always easy, but I would say I, I, like we picked the right people. Like, I think we had a very deep trust in one another and it, we have a lot of integrity in how we work. And, um, and that's always remained consistent and the same. And so I felt like the foundation was always there. And it's like, you know, any, any hiccups we've run into is just maybe personal working styles or, you know, maybe we're, we're kind of debating over what joke is or piece of copy is better. Like things like mm-hmm. that, which are very right. easy, you know, when you got all the, when all the main stuff is, is right. locked, is locked down, then, then that's an easy thing to get through. Mm. So. Yeah, I wish I could tell you about like bigger struggles. Not that it's <laughs> no, perfect, but it's yeah. pretty damn close. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I think when a lot of business owners think about going into business with someone else, they hear a lot of stories of terrible, you know, you hear you hear the worst stories. This person tried to steal half the company and we had all these disagreements. So I think it's good for for listeners to hear that co-ownership is possible and and like you said, you said the greatest joy, one of the greatest joys of your life. I mean, that's pretty high praise for, for a partnership. So I think that's encouraging you. And you mentioned communication, trust. Sounds like those are kind of the bedrocks you're, you're really going with, with why, you know, the partnership is successful there. But yeah, I was going to ask what challenges you had with a partnership, but it doesn't sound like there's really too many. So, I mean, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I would say that the only I think uh, not even, I wouldn't even call it like a, maybe a challenge, but something that we had to, really learn early on because it, you know, it was a very minor source of conflict is like, we just have different working styles. Um, I'm an extrovert. She's an introvert. I like to ideate out loud. She likes to ideate kind of in a, in a word document. Hmm. Um, but we're both very personable and we're very, you know, if you we're very social people, but we, we just have different needs. Um, I, I often am thinking a lot of like, like where I think the two things we had to understand, um, like for example, when we were ideating a client, uh, ideating a client project, like Lindsay needs to know that every idea she puts on the table can be heard. So no pushbacks, no criticisms, like get them all out of your system right away. And that, and I'm someone who tend, would tend to maybe self edit early on. And so that was a really good lesson for me to learn is like, let all the ideas flow, no matter if they seem good or bad, they're all, they all belong in the brainstorm. And then something that, Lindsay had to learn about me is I like to walk away from every conversation with an action step. I want to feel like I'm moving the needle forward. I want to feel like we're pushing ahead on a project. So I have a really hard time just ideating without any sort of, okay, let's look back. What are the top five ideas? What are, what are the three that we can take off the table? Like I like to keep momentum. And, and so like, those are two things that once we understood that about each other, like those become integrated into every work session, every brainstorm, every conversation. It's like a free flow of ideas, but then there's always, um, a next step at the end. So we feel like we're getting all of our creative juices out Mm -hmm. of our system. And yet we're, we're still like making progress. And, um, and so, yeah, so I, I would say that those were two really good things that we learned about each other because now those again, they like, they don't even have to be really, they're not even on the table because we just, it's like inherent to our process now. So, you know, so, okay. So I'll I'll add that as like a a minor source of conflict initially, but but not really, but enough to where it was, it was warranting a, you know, a a dialogue between us. Well, yeah. And it's prevented a lot of conflict. It sounds like that self-awareness of just your working styles and such. So 
Yeah, really interesting. So maybe for business owners, that's one thing to think about when you're getting into a partnership is like you said, maybe take some sort of personality test, whether it's, uh, you know, there's so many, the disc, the Enneagram, all yeah. those mini, but maybe take a couple of those to be a little more self-aware of your working style, things along, along those lines. So that's pretty cool. Um, so thinking back to, you know, your time as a business owner so far, you said four years so far in business. So I, I had a business before this, but, oh, okay. um, but four years with Lindsay. So we were both okay. self-employed before. So it was, you know, we spent a long time on our own and, but it's been four years together with obedience. So yeah. yeah. So four plus years, <laughs> solo yeah, yeah. And, and partnership. Yeah. What's some advice you have for, for someone who's just getting into the business world, just starting to become an entrepreneur, you know, moving from that employed lifestyle to kind of being the person who has to wear all the hats. Any advice you give? I mean, I'm sure there's there's a lot of different ways you could go with that, but what are kind of the key points you think of? Mm, God, there's so many ways I could answer this. Um, okay, a couple things that I'll share. I don't know how cohesive of an answer this will be, but a couple <laughs> things that as I'm looking back, I really think it was essential that I got these, we got these things right in order to be where we are today. Um, I think one is having clarity in terms of the goals of our business. And that was something that we were both always on the same page uh, when we started is that our goal wasn't when we wanted to create a, and I say this in air quotes, like a successful business, we had to rethink of what the metrics of that look like. And so Linz and I very early on started to, to riff and talk about like, what is a successful business looked like to each of us? So we can understand what we're building toward. And we very quickly, we realized we were not trying to grow an agency in the same way that maybe other agencies are. We don't care if we have a physical office space. We're not trying to have a team of a hundred people. We are not trying to just make, um, financial, uh, goals, like the only metric of our success. Um, we got into this world because we believe that there was a better way to brand and market. We wanted to create and laugh for a living. We wanted to play together. We wanted to put beautiful, fun, entertaining things out into the ether. And so that those were always things that we had to keep in mind at every step. As soon as there started to be friction and something felt off or not right, we had to reevaluate. Like, why, why did today not feel fun? Why did today not feel light? light? And so, you know, that's helped us, you know, uh, turn away certain projects. That's helped us um, back away from certain, um, certain clients that we felt like just integrity-wise integrity weren't the right fit. Um, it's helped us, you know, navigate hiring dynamics and all those things. So that was a really big one is making sure that we were aligned goal-wise. The second is we have a very strong like, operations and organizations organization piece embedded in obedient. Um, I am kind of an organization junkie because that's when, when, when things are systematized and things are organized and things have a flow to them is when I feel like I can create the best because I've taken something, I, I've taken chaos, chaos out of the situation. And so that's been a big thing since the inception is that we have processes, procedures, we have systems and platforms, we have uh, you know, organization, like all of that has been kind of established right out the gate so that when we dive into anything, we get to use as much of our energy toward creating and playing as humanly possible. Um, we've run into a lot of people who are very chaotic in the way they run their business. They're, they're, there's no rhyme or reason to what they do. There's no, no system or process. And, and like that just does not work for us um, because it, it ends up taking all the energy out of, of what we're mm -hmm. doing. And we try to make a process as seamless as humanly possible for anyone we engage with, both internally our team and externally our clients. So that's the second one. And then, um, yeah, I think the third is, um, we is having, um, like, again, a commitment to like 
pivoting and being flexible. So again, part of what we decided early on is like, we have to reevaluate constantly if there is any friction, if something's not working, like be quick to kill our darlings, be quick to pivot, be, be quick to be flexible. And I think that that has done us wonders as an agency. Like we are so willing to reevaluate ourselves and go, that didn't work. Okay, let's, let's figure out why and let's move forward. Mm -hmm. And so um, we're not trying to hang on to something just because we've spent a lot of time working on it. We're willing to let go. We're willing to move on. We're willing to question ourselves. We're willing to reevaluate. And, and I think, again, that's been like a really powerful approach because uh, it's really easy to just like hold on to this thing that you believe to know is true or you think is great. And when it's not working, like that's a pretty good indicator that something needs to shift. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be willing to hear that. So yeah. So those are three. Again, I know that's not the most cohesive uh, answer, no. but three things that I found really helpful for us. Well, those are amazing. I think for a new business owner, for any business owner who's already even in, been in business for a while, those are, those are excellent. Like you said, there's a lot of business owners kind of running in a perpetual state of chaos, right? Going through in so many directions, never really taking time to, to work on the business, create those procedures and processes. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's so key. Um, taking time out of your schedule to, to figure that out. Like you said, so that you can focus your energy in your guys case on creative pieces on people who aren't creative on, you know, the client, the other client work, whatever they're doing. So yeah, that's, that's gold. I love it. Allie, thanks for jumping on the podcast with us today. It's been so fun to learn more about humor branding and about obedient if you're listening, definitely go check them out on all of the social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, all those places, and also check out their website. It's really fun and engaging. You will not regret your time spent there. But we're out of time for today, so we'll put all the information for Obedient and for Allie below this podcast. You can find it in the description. But otherwise, thanks for jumping into business with us this week, and we will see you next time on the Navigating Business Podcast.